0: Welcome to Diverse and Inclusive Leaders, the podcast show where I interview the most inspirational and thought-provoking leaders of today and unearth their unique stories of diversity and inclusion to help inspire, educate and motivate others to make the world a better place. Today, I am delighted to be joined by the very, very lovely Mamta Singhal. Mamta has had a huge amount of experience within the global FMCG arena. She's an expert within her field, she's a design engineer, um, she specialises in and is very, very passionate about STEM, as well as diversity and inclusion, and has spoken at many public events around the UK. Mamta has won the Women of the Year Toy News 2015, and um, where she was actually a finalist. Also, the Women of Future Ambassadors. Uh, 2015 and 16 and she's also worked for global firms such as Mattel, Harisbo, Dyson, Mars Chocolate and Polaroid. Along with that she has 13 years plus experience working across the board with both commercial and technical positions. She's very very experienced within continuous improvement, consumer products and new product development. In addition to all of that she's professionally media trained by Media Woman Limited Um, as well as being interviewed by the BBC, ITV and ITN productions and management today. She's got very strong press links and network within management, toys, the children's space, food and drink, innovation, engineering, and of course, academia. She also speaks many different languages, including English and Hindu, and she sits on the committee for Strathclyde University Down South Alumni Network. Welcome to the show, Mamta. Thank you for having me, Leela. How are you? Very well, thank you indeed. So, Manta, tell me, I know that you're a very passionate individual and I'm very lucky that I know you outside of the realms of this podcast. But for <laughs> all of our listeners, tell us a little bit about what you have been up to and how you came to be where you are today.
1: Um, Sure. Um, so, what have I been up to? I guess I've, I've always had quite an inquisitive mind and uh, I come from a family of of scientists and engineers. So I, it was always in, in my kind of, I guess, my destiny to to go down that route, but also very creative. I love dancing and I love art. So I I aspired to doing something that would be kind of impressionable in the world. And I, I had this little dream when I was about 14 that I'd be a toy engineer or, or design toys and, and work for the, the great global players and kind of just kind of work towards that. Um so yeah I, I work in consumer products. I look at how they're made, designed, manufactured, and spent the last fifteen or almost twenty actually uh, years in, in that sector, so from toys to food, which is fantastically interesting you know with packaging and the the process and how to make different types of food um and drink but um but with that said, I'm also a bit of a born academic I've spent a long time at university i've spent um yeah, seven and a half years, so three degrees under my belt. I'm kind of thinking about a fourth. Um,
0: but, oh, my goodness.
1: But the nice thing about that is you can bring academic learning to industry and vice versa. Look at what industry is doing and seeing what the theory might be behind that. So it's, it's quite circular, and particularly in a technical area like engineering, that correlation is incredibly important. And, and I, I'm now working... Um, both as a volunteer, but now at council level with the Institution of Engineering Technology, who who indeed run the Young Women Engineer of the Year Award, to see how that correlation can be made stronger and how we can bring technical engineers to the forefront of today's society. Because really, anyone that is in the STEM world, is diverse, is looking at new ways of doing things, whether it's through innovation or creativity, really need to showcase because this is how we're going to grow the economy both within gb but also globally so uh, yeah i know it's 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 fascinating and i just work and interact with both on a professional and private level with some fantastic people so uh, like yourself lisa
0: yeah i get to leverage lots of skills during my time Fantastic. And talk to me a little bit about the the young Manta, because obviously you've got a very international background yourself. I know that you you know you self funded your MBA, which I think is incredible at the age of twenty six, which is 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 really quite unheard of. Talk to me about your background and, and and perhaps when you were you were younger, a little bit about growing up and how you ended up being. You know, perhaps so driven really which was maybe unusual obviously you've got a an interesting ethnic background and growing up in Scotland it's yeah. it's quite an unusual combination in a positive way
1: yeah I probably didn't see it as a positive when I was a child I just wanted to be like everyone else but I realized being different was pretty cool um but it's taken me a while to to accept that so yeah my my parents are quite unusual not probably your. Typical, I guess. If there's a typical type of Indian parent, so my dad um, is a physicist. He's got a doctorate um, and published global research papers on nuclear physics, particular. Particularly, he looks at kind of at nano and atomic level what what structures are doing. So he's very, very kind of geeky in that way. So yeah, um, my childhood was about going to nuclear power plants and the science museum and doing extra maths homework. So that's kind of, um, kind of formed who I've become a little bit. Um, so my dad, yeah, my dad grew up in India, and then um, moved to Canada to do his PhD, and then sub- subsequently moved to to Glasgow, where they had a, a research post for him. And Glasgow is quite well known for great thinkers like Lord Calvin and, um, you know, James Watt, a fabulous engineer. So we've got some really strong STEM-related people and, you know, some good universities. So that's that's kind of my dad's side. And then mum, she was a draftswoman for an engineering firm in Switzerland before she got married. So I always used to see her drawings that she... She was doing, or, or you know, as a child, and I thought, wow, someone's got to do that as a profession. I want to maybe follow my parent, my parents' footsteps in some way. But my mum's also a very creative painter, so she paints landscapes of Scotland and and then sells them for and, and gives the money to charity. So I had this kind of real marriage of art and science and creativity and kind of just that love for traveling and being kind of very open-minded. So. That was my childhood. But indeed, I was one of the few Asian kids in the small place called school Bride in Scotland and uh, definitely different and definitely very different parents to your average Scottish family. So it was uh, uh, the kids would come round for, for Indian meals. At that time, it wasn't as trendy, but uh, it was different than the, the average things the kids were having for dinner.
0: That's brilliant though. It sounds like they've been incredible inspirations to you throughout your life. Seeing your mum's drawings, seeing the work that your dad was doing internationally. Perhaps some of that drive and that want to go into something technical has has come from them and made you want to do what you're doing today.
1: Yeah. Um I've got a, a massive love for learning. So it's if I find a subject I'm interested in, I'm very much an academic in that sense. And I've got that from home, you know, where, I mean, my dad's, you know, my dad's in his 70s and he, he phoned me the other day and he said, I'm thinking of doing another degree. <laughs> I was like, oh, right, I'm not going to stop you. And my mom's like learning how to do photography. You know, they are such busybodies and it's exhausting listening to all the things they're up to, but it's great because it's made
0: me who I am as well. Well, I think you've had the benefit of a number of different cultures, really, haven't you? I know without me stereotyping here too much, but um, Asian families often can be very, very, very hardworking, And it sounds like your parents are absolutely not ready to stop at this point in time. And so I guess you've had that. And then obviously being in in Scotland, you've got the great Scottish accent, which is fabulous and maybe unexpected for for people (laughs) when they meet you. I, I certainly had that when I was growing up in Harrogate and I think having this kind of very British accent and looking Chinese, it sometimes throws people off a little bit, doesn't it? Yeah, but
1: I thought it was normal because I was, growing up in Scotland, I was, I met other Asian people who had Scottish accents. I didn't think it was unusual until I came down south and, you know, I I remember coming from my first interview down here and both people interviewing me started laughing. And <laughs> I thought, what what's going on? Really? never met an Indian person with a Scottish accent
0: oh that's so funny
1: (laughs) I didn't think it was unusual but it was only when I met an Irish well an Indian Irish person um obviously looking Indian but sounding Irish was
0: uh I guess similar brilliant and do you think part of this because I know that you're so incredibly passionate about diversity and inclusion I think it's, it's wonderful that we have role models and girls and guys and, and others from, from different ethnicities have individuals like yourself to kind of look up to, really, because, you know, it's hard when you don't see people who look or sound at all like you who are carrying out those leadership positions. and And so making sure that you know, we take responsibility to shine a light on what it is that we're doing and to, to really try and move the dial and foster diversity and inclusion across the board, across these industries that might have originally been quite, well, lacking in diversity, if one's want a better expression.
1: There's been lots of talk, or, or people recruiting people like them? And I don't know the stats, but what I do know is that within the field of product development and engineering and Business in general, it is a diverse area. We're always looking for new ideas. We're always looking at emerging markets. We're always looking at how other people are doing things. And if you've always got a group of people that are just like you, you're not going to come up with fantastic ideas. The whole concept of thinking different and being different is really important within those fields. So employ someone that is a little bit different to how you think, that maybe have a... Whether it's training or work experience or ethnicity or lifestyle, that's that's important. And I'm very lucky. I on on the whole work for companies that are very forward thinking. So that's that's wonderful. But I do hear stories from my friends where they haven't been able to to get those kind of lucky breaks. And until we get there, I think businesses are actually failing. Um Because diversity is incredibly important and it it shouldn't be an issue. It shouldn't be something that you use as a a marketing tool or um, a way of kind of because we don't pay lip service to embrace it and do it properly because that's when it starts having an impact.
0: Absolutely. And talk to me a little bit about kind of neurodiversity. I know that you're an expert within this field and particularly <laughs> you as as you say, diversity and inclusion is it's welcoming everyone and it's making sure that we get away from that kind of that groupthink mentality whereby we all look and sound exactly the same. Therefore we're we're much less likely to come up with genuinely innovative ideas. And hence if that happens it's going to impact the bottom line. So diversity and inclusion is also good for business and profitability set.
1: Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, diversity isn't about just race, colour, creed, what we look like, etc. It, it's It's deeper than that. It's how we think. And um, I'm dyslexic. Uh, and I probably hid it for a very long time or kind of shied away from it. But I've actually, of recent But you know what, I've got nothing to hide and I've had a lot of great support from fantastic charities, particularly Dyslexia Scotland, um, Lexic and Made by Dyslexia, three very powerful and inspiring charities that are out there doing great work. And they've actually said, Mum, so you should go out there and talk about your experience and talk about actually the benefits of your diversity, but actually also just dyslexia, because there's been a lot of evidence um, that's come out by um, Ernest Young, uh, Ernst & Young that has actually said dyslexics have the skills for the future. They are empathetic, they're innovative, they're creative, they're, they're able to see the bigger picture and language isn't as, as going to be as important in its purest form as it was 30 years ago, because we have spell checkers, we have dictaphones, we have translators. What is going to be important is thinking differently, and dyslexics are so many steps ahead to non-dyslexics, I, I, I'd I, like to think. Then, um, And so, yeah, the, the whole area of neurodiversity is fascinating. And one in ten adults is, are dyslexic, whether they're diagnosed or not. But it, it is an area that, that needs to be... Kind of widely addressed in in society, and we've got Dys- Dyslexia Awareness Week coming up now in November. So there's going to be a lot of noise around that. I can I can promise you.
0: Well, I can't wait for that. And as you know, I'm joining you on that one because I too am dyslexic, albeit it's not very very harsh. But it does, you know, especially when you're younger. I think you think, I wonder why I'm thinking differently, or I'm perhaps finding. These elements of learning quite difficult. Actually, the fact that you're addressing it as a positive, and and now these stats and figures have come out from from big global companies like Ernst and Young, I think it does give you the confidence that actually it's fine to to think differently. It's fine to behave dif- differently as well. Actually, it can help you get to the end point um, in perhaps a more creative way than someone else. So definitely does I mean, have now, benefits.
1: I've been spending a lot of time. Just in, in learning more about dyslexia, and uh, I found out that thirty percent of engineers are dyslexic. Really, are dyslexic. It's, it's a phenomenal thing. Unbelievable. Really.
0: Have you um, talked about your dyslexia catchphrase, which oh, I did <laughs> about that last? And perhaps we should share. That. I'll let you share that with our listeners.
1: Yeah, so I, I'm writing blogs, or so I'm in the process of having my blogs edited. Um, for nation, international or national Dyslexia Awareness Week, and one of the words that I've coined is dyslexia ability So the abilities that you gain by being dyslexic, and there are things like empathy, spatial awareness, um, being able to find correlations between things, that, being very strong in strategic leader uh, thinking and mapping processes. These are we, it has been known that we are well above average in these areas, albeit we there are disadvantages if you want to put it that way with being dyslexic but we have dyslexia abilities we have abilities that are going to be beneficial in the workplace in society in business in entrepreneurship and we should really really enforce them and, and celebrate them so yeah dyslexia ability tweet that's it, that phrase.
0: About about it. <laughs> that phrase. i wanted to go viral you should absolutely put a blog out called dyslexia ability on national dyslexic week i think that's fantastic <laughs> <laughs> Um, and just another couple of quick questions before we come to the end of our time today I think we'll go into a little lightning round and I'm going to give you 30 seconds to answer each question don't worry they're not difficult at all Um, but uh yes so so first of all in our lightning round tell me what was what was the biggest challenge that you've ever overcome
1: my English exam (laughs) sitting my higher
0: languages I speak two two sorry <laughs>
1: um yeah so my my parents speak Hindi um I mean they're both totally fluent in English but I picked up Hindi I understand three or four but they're they're all kind of interconnected to Hindi uh yeah but I picked that up when I was younger and I didn't feel like I was learning but yeah I, sp- I speak English and Hindi so yeah English was always a challenge for me But I, I, at some point when I sit my exams in Hindi, so I'm officially like signed off as being fluent in the language. Most of my peers, most of my Asian peers did that at 14, but
0: hey, it's not a race. It is not a race. It is not a race at all. And how about the time where, well, let me rephrase this. If you were going to give advice to your younger self, is there anything that you might have said to the young Mamta?
1: um your troubles today are not going to be your troubles for tomorrow so don't worry there's gonna big you're gonna have bigger problems than you know your English exam so yeah don't worry about things
0: and who have been the biggest inspirations in your life whether it's someone from work whether it is someone from home
1: well I don't think I do I have one I mean obviously your parents have got massive a massive influence on, on you. I mean, they, they always taught me to love learning and working hard and anything you do, put, put 110% and you know, work, just kind of do your job well. Um, I've got some fantastic role models at the Women's Engineering Society that have been just there, just there as friends, if, if nothing else, and coffees and lunches out in London, but also the people at the Institution of Engineering Technology, and I, I talk about them very dearly they they run public lectures for free so I spend some of my evenings just going along to the institution and learning about random bits of engineering which is fascinating for me and then I also meet some great friends in the process and now to be on their council and hopefully one day their board if not eventually their president um
0: Ping yeah it just, I'm sure you'll get there
1: it just feels like if I hadn't met them I think I would I wouldn't I wouldn't be where I am. They're just a bunch of fantastic people that, friends, you know, probably more than that, family, (laughs) my adopted family.
0: Oh, how lovely. And what about, I know that you really enjoy your books and your reading and your learning. Are there any books or even shows or podcasts that you're listening to at the moment that you'd like to share with our listeners that you think are particularly interesting?
1: Yeah, so I've... um, even though I'm dyslexic, I I love learning um, and I love reading. So I'm reading, um, well, I've, I've recently finished reading a book called Inferior by Angela Sying, and it is about gender and our females uh, written out of history? Because, you know, males were in the position of power, writing for women, uh, writing for other men and promoting other men. And we can see this in in the work that she's she's written in that book. So it's, it's, it's won many awards. So yeah, Inferior is a, a book that I think everyone, male or female, should definitely read. Um, another book that I read many years ago, but it's always stuck in my head, is a book called White Teeth by Zaina Smith. Um, I've not heard of it. White Teeth, it's, they did do a, progr- a, a like a, a drama on it, but the book's gripping. And it's about two twins, um, mixed-race twins. One grows up in Pakistan and the other one grows up in England and about how their lives are different and their values are different and when they do meet the challenges they have. So it it ties in a lot about, you know, I I can see those kind of, those questions when I meet my cousins from India or, you know, my life here and the things that I've struggled struggled with being, Kind of an, from an Asian family, but growing up in Britain, and yeah, white white teeth. Uh, very very gripping book, and another book that's that's had a film made is Eat, Pray, Love. Oh my God, which, I love that
0: film. <laughs> I love that film with Julia Roberts in it.
1: The the film is good, but the book is amazing. I couldn't put the book down, and and for a dyslexic to find a book that she can't put down is is definitely great and. The whole concept of um, each place she goes to begins with I. So she goes to India, Indonesia and Italy because it's all about that concept of, her, concept of her finding herself. So that's why she picked countries beginning with the letter I. So there's all these little bits through the book and and about what's important in life is eat well, uh, make sure you play and and you find love. So it's uh it was a great book. Uh, the film's okay, but the book's definitely worth reading. Oh,
0: really? Oh, my goodness. The film had me in tears. Absolute tears. I loved it. Absolutely loved it. But you've encouraged me now to read the book since you yes. said that. <laughs> and there's nothing worse, is there? When you read a great book and then you watch the film and you're like, no, they're not meant to look like that. No, the <laughs> it looks like that in my head.
1: <laughs> the book's amazing. Um, there's such a, a poignant scene where she's um, just about to get divorced and she's sitting on the bathroom floor, crying her eyes out, going, "I've got depression knocking on my door here. Like, I don't know why. I don't want what everyone in society wants. Yeah, I don't want to get married. I don't want to have kids. Yeah, why? Why am I not feeling the way that everyone is? It's just like it's it's a very moving, move, very moving book. Worth reading.
0: <laughs> definitely. I think we've sold that adequately. So, so for everyone who's tuning in, definitely go and go and either buy the book or watch the film. Eat, pray, love. It is absolutely fantastic. Um, And with that, Mamta, I want to say thank you so much for being on the show. I really appreciate it. I think there's been loads of fantastic learnings. And I really hope that all of our listeners who are tuning in or those who are watching on YouTube have really been inspired as much as I have today. If you are dyslexic and and you're you're tuning in today, if you think that you might be, please do get in touch with us. I know that Mamta is so passionate about this subject. Very easy to talk to. You can get in touch with her via LinkedIn or Twitter. I'll put all of her links onto the show notes for the end of today's show so you can reach out and get in touch with her or do reach out to me as well. We'd be more than happy to kind of take any of your questions. Um, You know, but certainly I've learned a lot from today, Mamtra. I think really being being able to embrace your true self and to, to be proud of who you are, whether you are different, that's fine. It's okay to be different. Actually, being different is a massive positive. So... Make sure if you are listening and you're feeling, you know, not so great or, or you're trying to get the next step up in your career, find people around you that you, you can talk to, get in touch with us, come and have a chat. We would love to hear from you and just make sure you keep embracing those differences because I promise you they are a positive and MAMTA is absolutely testament to that. My name is Layla McKenzie and you've been listening to Diverse and Inclusive Leaders, the podcast with you every week. We're available on Apple, on Spotify, on Android, all of your favorite podcast apps. And you can now tune in via Dial Global on the YouTube channel as well. So you can find us there. Do check out www.dialglobal.org forward slash podcast or www.laylamackenzie.com forward slash podcast. And we will look forward to seeing you again next week. Thanks so much. Thanks so much, Manta.
1: Thank you.